0: trust you experience the blessing of God. Um, Thank you to those of you who are online with us this morning. Thank you for being with us as well. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Joshua chapter 24, Joshua 24. We've been in a series of messages entitled Stepping into Your New Day, Stepping into Your New Day as we've been going through the book of Joshua. And this morning, We come to Joshua chapter 24. I know I've skipped some chapters here, but I believe we've hit the highlights of the book. And this morning, we're in the final chapter. It's our final message from from the book of Joshua. Next week, I'm going to begin a series of messages that will take us through the Sundays in December, four Sundays. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story according to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. And so that's where we're going to be beginning next week. But um, today we're in our final, final message from Joshua, and I said to Pastor, Pastor Guy, before the service, whenever I come to the close of a sermon series, I always feel like a piece of my life has just gone by. I don't know about you, but like, because I'm kind of like living it for a month, two months, three months, whatever it is, and um, so I feel like, oh man, that's, that's a whole piece of my life is done. Well, maybe we'll come back to Joshua again at some point, but um, Joshua 24, and um, this morning our message is entitled, The Ultimate New Day Decision, The Ultimate New Day Decision, and we're beginning at verse 14, where the Bible says, and Joshua is speaking to the people, he's gathered the people, this is like his last big speech to the people. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Verse 16, then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua, verse 19, but Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. For he is a holy God, he is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after you've done after having you done you good. And the people said to Joshua, "No, but we will serve the Lord. We will serve Yahweh, Jehovah." And then Joshua said to the people, "You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. And he said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, Yahweh, our God, we will serve in his voice, we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Shechem. And so as we've been looking Into the book of Joshua, we've been talking about, again, stepping into our new day. And we've seen that it has never been God's intent that we would live our lives just wandering in the desert of this world, just living our lives, walking in circles. But rather, God has for each of us a land, a place of purpose, of fruitfulness and blessing He wants us to know the abundant life and the spirit filled life and to live out the good works he has planned for us as he leads us into our new day. I know I say that I I go through that little introduction every week. One for those who are who've been new with us week to week, but also also that it would get into our heads and into our hearts. Because some of us, we call ourselves Christians. We saw this all the way at the back. We say we're followers of Jesus, but we're still living our lives just walking in circles. He's promised to lead us into a new day that we might be able to say, yes, old things have passed away. And all things have become new. How many of us know when we give our lives to God through faith in Christ, our lives ought to look a little bit different than they were? Amen? Right, the old word for that is conversion. Right? we would be converted, changed from the inside out. Well, today, as we look at this final chapter of the book of Joshua, we are reminded that even after having come into the land, even after having stepped into our new life in Christ, we must constantly decide, maybe daily choose, daily decide whether or not we will continue to serve the God who created us, who saved us, who brought us into this new day, whether we will, we, we, we will serve him or we will turn back to the gods of this world. It's the ultimate new day decision. Will we or will we not serve the Lord? That we constantly, each step of the way, we make a decision. Yes, I'm going to or I'm not going to serve the Lord. We all know that we live in a world in which there are more choices than ever before, a world that forces us to make one decision after another. We're constantly making decisions, are we not? I mean, think about it. Whether you want to buy a car, a new set of clothes, or just buy a box of cereal, the amount of choices before us seem almost endless. Do you want the crackers that are low-fat, low-salt, or the original, or the new original? I'm like looking like I'm reading the ingredient on you know, the side and then you know do you want your soda to be diet or caffeine free or regular or both or none? And I don't know about you but these days if I go into like a coffee shop right? I find it extremely complicated. I mean, especially if you go into like a Starbucks or one of those kind of places, I mean, do you want the latte or the cappuccino, the Americano, a regular one shot or two shots of espresso? What kind of milk do you want? Oh, you want the cappuccino. What kind of milk do you want? Do you want skim? Do you want whole? Do you want 2%? Do you want oat or soy or almond? And what kind of sugar or sweetener do you want? And it goes on and on and on. And just to get one cup of coffee, you probably have to make five decisions. Now, of course, decisions like those are minor compared to some of the more important choices we have to make in life, like who are you going to marry, whether or not you're going to go to college, or what career path you're going to follow, or where you're going to live, or what kind of treatment you're going to get for the illness that has struck your body. Big decisions we have to make. The choices before us, the decisions, seem almost endless. And, you know, each decision we make has its own consequences, does it not? Consequences that sometimes will be felt through the rest of our lives. Let me ask you, have you ever made a bad decision? Okay, well, you're willing to say yes. Wow, what a great group this morning. Right? And you can think about the consequences of that bad decision. Have you ever made a good decision? Right? Good consequences follow. I'll tell you, I've made some bad decisions, some good decisions. I I, I don't know why this 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 struck me like immediately as a bad decision. Any of you remember Action Park up in Vernon, right? New York. They used to call it traction park or whatever or accident park, right? I I I don't know, I read somewhere someone was calling it just like Death Valley, you know? (laughs) And, and, and so we used to take our youth groups here. I didn't, I didn't realize it was so dangerous. Bad decision was the day I stood on the edge of a 40-foot cliff to jump into the water, because I was with junior hires. You know, and I'm like 30 years old at the time. And I decided, well, they're going to jump. And so I'm going to jump. Well, I found myself in the next few weeks running to the chiropractor, because I had pulled my back so badly the way I hit the water. Bad, bad decision. Kim would was like there was no need for you to jump that forty foot cliff. You had nothing to prove. (laughs) And then, of course, I've made some good decisions. Of course, aside from deciding to give my life to Jesus, um, one of those good decisions was my wife, Kim. Marrying Kim, I know, I know, right? And it's been a blessing. Yeah, and listen, we pray for our kids. We've prayed for them regarding whom they would marry because we know it's a life-impacting, life-changing decision, the person that you marry. Right? And um, um my aunt used to used to say she was more than happy being single. She didn't have to make that decision, right? I've told people, you know, listen, a good marriage is the best thing that can happen to you, a bad marriage is the very worst thing that can happen to you. If you're single out there, maybe online, watching this later on, just know you need to ask God for wisdom in making that decision. You see, life is all about choices and decisions. And what we choose today will affect who we will be and what we will face tomorrow. The consequences of today's decisions can last a very long time. One person wrote these words, He who chooses the beginning of a road chooses the place it leads to. It is the means that determines the end, and that is so true. But You see, the decision we're talking about today is the ultimate decision, for it's one that affects our lives today, tomorrow, and on into eternity. And not only that, but it's a decision that will impact not only our lives, but will impact all those around us, and especially will impact those within our households. For in Joshua 24, just before his death, Joshua calls the people of Israel together. He gives his last speech, as I said, and he calls them to make a decision to choose whom they will serve, which God or gods they would worship. Now, we would think that the call to make such a decision would be unnecessary, considering that they were supposedly already God's people. They'd already been delivered by God. they had already been brought into the promised land. they had already stepped into their new day, as it were. We would think that that decision had been made for them on the night that their parents and grandparents had followed Moses out of Egypt, or the day that they themselves had crossed the Jordan River. Or maybe somewhere in between there. Again, they were God's people. And they had already moved into the land. They had already stepped into their new day. And yet Joshua knew this. He knew that over time, even people who've experienced the work of God within their lives can begin to allow other gods to creep in. He could see among his people the propensity to eventually turn away from the God who had saved them and brought them into this land and begin to lean towards the counterfeit gods that surrounded them. And so the choice was set before them. A decision was called for, the ultimate decision of their new day. Whom would they serve? The one true God or the counterfeit gods that were all around them, the gods of the nations? And Joshua says choose this day excuse me choose this day whom you will serve Joshua what do you mean choose this day no choose this day I'm calling you to make the decision again today and the people responded with the same response that probably many of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus who you know would give right off the bat they said oh we will serve the lord because he is our god to which Joshua says, you're not able to serve the Lord. I've been that like, kind of curious, don't you? i right, curious right, that he would say, you're not able to serve the Lord. But it's almost as if Joshua was challenging the people, saying, you say you want to serve the Lord. Well, if that's true, listen, over time, you're going to need to prove it. You say you want to serve the Lord, but now you're going to have to live that out. If that's really your decision, You're going to have to go on and live that out. You see, Joshua seemed to know the hearts of his people pretty well. He knew that it's one thing to say, we will worship worship God and God alone, but quite another to live it out. It's one thing to say, I'm going to live for God when we're here in a church service or we're at an altar or when we're being challenged by the pastor or evangelist. It's quite another to do so when we leave the sanctuary, go back to the normal routines of our lives, and we find ourselves surrounded by the gods of this world, gods that seem to offer so much to us, at least on the surface. It's one thing to be here this morning and say, yes, God, I'm going to serve you. It's quite another thing to leave this place and get in your car and go home and go back to work or go into your classroom or wherever it is and to to live out that decision. And so Joshua, he lays out for them what choosing to serve the Lord would truly require of them, what it means for each of us who would answer as they did, each of us who would say, yes, I'm going to serve the Lord. Kim, can I have my water, please? And the first thing, thank you, See, she's such a good wife. What a good decision I made. <laughs> she's gonna kill me when we get home. The first thing that, that he points out is if we're gonna serve the Lord. If we're really gonna live that out, it's gonna take a radical spirit. A radical spirit. He says, throw away the foreign gods that are among you. You see, it was time for the people to do a little house cleaning to clean out some of the closets of their lives, to go through the corners of their lives that had become tainted by foreign gods. For apparently, as time had gone by, the people of Israel had picked up some of the idols they had come into contact with. Some had even brought idols out of Egypt, their parents, their grandparents. Here, God was saving them, but they were, they were taking with them the idols of Egypt And they probably had all of their excuses, their rationale. Oh, we don't worship them. They were just passed down to us as family heirlooms. Oh, we're just holding on to them because of the value of the silver and gold. We're just keeping them as decorations. They look so pretty up on the shelf. Oh, we worship Yahweh. We worship the Lord. We're just adding another God here or there. And that was really easy, especially for them back then when everyone was polytheistic, had many gods. But the fact of the matter was they were holding on to things, holding on to gods they were not supposed to have within their possession, things, gods that had the potential to lead them away from the true God and that would naturally call for their own worship. Joshua calls the people to just throw them away. Throw them away. You see, for the people of Israel serving the Lord meant going to the town dump with the idols that were made of silver and gold. It meant getting rid of those nice little statues to which they had become so accustomed. It meant being a little radical for God. I remember years ago, um, probably I guess it was 2015, after my dad had passed in 2014, and then my mom, we had to move her out of the home that we grew up in, and they, they bought that house in 1963. I was four years old at the time. And so you know, if you don't know my age, you can calculate it, you know. Right? 1963. They moved from, from the Bronx, where we were actually in Mount Vernon, and then to the country, Rockland County, New York. right? An old Dutch colonial. And that was the house we grew up in. But after my dad passed and then we had to move my mom out, right we, we had to sell the house. And we realized there was so much stuff in that house. So much, I mean, accumulated for how many years was that, you know? And so we went in there, and we all took whatever it was that we felt we wanted to take as keepsakes and so forth. Um, But let me tell you. It's hard. It's hard when you go through a house and oh that that oh that was dad's favorite mug, or that was, you know, oh that was my flexible flyer, you know, right when I was a kid, anybody remember the flexible flyer sled, right? Right, that was like the best Christmas present I ever got in my whole life, right? But there was an attic, there was a full basement, there was a double and extended garage all filled with all kinds of stuff, plus a lot of old furniture and dishes and so much stuff. Again, we took out anything that was valuable. We're like, what are we gonna do here? We gotta clean out this house. You know what, we did something radical. People were like shocked. We called in a company. We said, just take it all. Just clean out the place. People were like, oh, oh, but they're going to they're gonna take it, and they're going to sell it. They're going to make money. No, you know what they did? They brought in bins. They had you know a big thing outside. They took everything. They were throwing it out. They were smashing it. They were breaking it. I'm upstairs cleaning out my father's drawers, and, and I hear my mother's dishes, smash, smash, smash. You know? Now, honestly, please, don't get upset. It, it, I mean, none of it was really all that valuable. Uh. Right? None of it was. And we took out anything, again, that was valuable to us. Right? Her dolls and jewelry, whatever. But everything else was just smashed and broken, thrown into furniture, thrown into the back of a pickup, and you heard it just smash. <laughs> right? Or dump truck it was. And it felt so radical to us like a piece of us was being ripped out, right? right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been there, right? Listen, I am going to tell you something. To have only one God in your life takes a radical spirit because there are some things that need to be pulled out and smashed. And we've had them there a really long time. We've gotten really accustomed to them. We've gotten accustomed to those little gods we've allowed to sit on the shelves of our lives. To serve one God, one God alone, it's a radical thought. It's much more natural for us to have multiple gods. But remember, Jesus said to us, no man can serve two masters. And yet most people, even Christians, try to keep numerous gods within their lives. We say we serve God, but we keep a little space in our lives for the God of pleasure, for the God of materialism, or the God of self. We allow a little corner of our hearts to house the God of comfort, of convenience, or personal security, and we could go on with the list. But listen, God cannot and will not be one God among many. He cannot even be the first God among many. But rather, the only one whom we worship, the only one whom we follow, Joshua says, he is a jealous God. Oh, God is jealous. Isn't jealousy, isn't that a negative thing? Isn't that sin? No, there's a place for jealousy in our lives. I'm jealous over my wife. I'm not going to let someone else come into her heart and into her life. God is a jealous God. And he's not going to allow, he's not going to tolerate for his people to say we worship him and yet we have all these other gods in our hearts. And thus, choosing to serve God will mean getting rid of some things that maybe we've been justifying and rationalizing for a long time. It will mean taking some radical steps to get rid of the counterfeit gods that we've allowed to creep into our lives. The materialism, the hedonism, the worship of comfort and security, the worship of ourselves. We need to make a decision. We're going to do a little bit of house cleaning. And maybe there's going to be some smashing going on. Jesus said to us, listen, you might have to gouge out your eye or cut off your arm Get rid of anything that might lead you away from God and into sin. It's going to take a radical spirit to say, listen, I'm going to stop making excuses for the other gods I've allowed into my life. I've got some things that I need to throw away, some things I need to smash. I've got some lifestyle changes I need to make. I've got some things I need to turn off. I have some things I need to turn on. I've got to do something radical if I'm going to serve the Lord and serve him alone. And only you know what that radical thing is. But bottom line, choosing to serve God takes a radical spirit as we commit ourselves to having one God and one God alone as the God of our lives. Can you say amen to that this morning? Come on, some of us. This is scary. The second thing Joshua points out, not only a radical spirit, but a yielded heart. A yielded heart. He says, yield your hearts to the Lord. The word translated as yield is also translated in King James as incline your heart to the Lord. It it means literally to bend towards like a flower or tree that is bending towards the sun. You see, to serve the Lord is going to take a heart that has a bent towards him, a heart that is yielded to his moving and his desires, a heart that's soft to him. God bless you. After all, our hearts all bend towards something, do they not? We are all attracted to certain things. We, we have things in our, in, in our lives we just naturally lean towards. We have a soft spot for a lot of things in life. But Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What we have set our hearts on, the desires that reside within our hearts, the inclinations of our hearts, the things that we have allowed to become the treasures of our hearts will affect what or whom we worship and serve and how we live. That towards which our hearts are leaning become the gods of our lives. Some, some e- among, even among God's people, Their hearts are leaning, yeah, they say, oh, I worship God, I choose him. But their hearts are leaning towards pleasure. Their hearts are leaning towards towards material success, climbing the ladder, whatever it is. Their hearts are leaning towards having a family. That's the priority. Getting married, whatever it is. Being in relationships, whatever it is. But their hearts aren't leaning the way they ought to be, leaning towards God. You see, those with hearts that lean towards the Lord, time and again, they pray, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. That person with a yielded heart is able to say, Lord, you are the treasure that I seek. Lord, you are my God and I need you and I want you and you alone more than anything else. The person with the yielded heart prays, Lord, do, it, do with my life what you desire to do. Take me, mold me, shape me for you are the potter and I am the clay. To choose to serve the Lord requires a heart that that bends towards him like that flower bending towards the sun. For we know that he is ultimately our source of life. He is our first love. He is our treasure. Those who want to serve the Lord must continually check their hearts. I need to check mine. You need to check yours to make sure that they're bent towards him. Because how many of us know our hearts easily begin to bend towards other things? We easily begin to lean towards other things. We need to check our hearts. Praying with the psalmist, search my heart, O God. What am I leaning towards? What have I made my treasure? Making sure that our hearts are always leaning towards the one who has created us and saved us. Choosing the Lord requires a yielded heart. And thirdly, this morning, to choose the Lord requires an obedient life. We notice the people responded to Joshua saying, We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. Why? Because they knew, they had been taught that choosing the Lord requires continual obedience. We read here that Joshua, when they said this, Joshua put in place the statutes and rules for them, that which they were to obey. He reminded them of God's word, of God's law. But the fact was the people that day could have made all kinds of promises to God. They could have cried out to him with zeal and with passion. They could have sung, I surrender all, all day and night. But if it was not followed up with obedience to God's word, it all would have been meaningless. You see, we will naturally obey that which we have made our God. The nature of any God is it calls for service, worship, allegiance, and obedience. If pleasure is our God, we will do whatever ever it takes to experience pleasure. Whatever pleasures requires, we will do. If comfort is our God, we will do whatever it takes to be comfortable, whatever comfort requires, we will do. If material gain or fame or career advancement or family is our God, we will do whatever it takes to achieve those things, to maintain those things. Whatever any of those things things require of us, we will obey. If the Lord is our God, we will do whatever it takes to experience him in our lives, to know him deeply, to please him, to worship him, whatever a relationship with him requires. You remember Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. The implication is that if we don't obey him, it doesn't matter how much we sing, how much we worship, how much we raise our hands, how many promises we make, we have no grounds to say we love him and that he is our God if we do not obey him. Now notice, because I don't want this to be legalistic for us. Again, it all starts in the heart. God is not looking merely for outward ritual. But a heart that's truly leaning towards God will always express itself in a life that is lived according to his ways, under the authority of his word, a life that is lived serving and worshiping him and him alone. That means we don't do our own thing. We don't live according to the standards of the gods of this world. We live as the God of heaven and earth would have us to live. And so each step of the way, we say, I'm going to obey God. Every, every juncture we come to, I'm going to obey God. And if I don't know what he wants of me, I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek his will for my life because I don't want to end up serving myself. I don't want to end up serving the people around me. I don't want to end up serving, first of all, the, the, the things of this world. But God, first of all, I want to serve you, so I'm going to obey you. I'm going to live in obedience to your word. To choose to serve God means a life of obedience. Towards the end of the chapter, in verse 31, um, we read these words, that Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. And so we find that the people of that generation, the people who stood there before Joshua, they did, they served the Lord. They followed through. They allowed him right, to be their God and their God alone. They were people who had a radical spirit as they took all of their idols that they had in their in their in their houses, in their tents, whatever, and they took them out to the garbage dump and they smashed them, smash, 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 right? And they had hearts that were yielded to God. God, we have a bent towards you because, God, we want you more than anything else. We want to know you. You're the treasure of our hearts. And they lived obediently to God, living out his word. The people of that generation, they did. They served the Lord. But what happened after that? You go into the book of Judges, which I read through recently. You find that many times they failed to make the Lord their God. And they fell into the worship of other gods. They began picking up other gods, the gods that were around them. And each time they did, you know what happened? They lost the blessing of God. They lost the blessing of living in the land, the blessing of their new day. I want to tell us this morning that if we are to experience the continual blessing of God, if we're going to if we're going to continue to live that abundant life, that spirit-filled life, living out the purposes that God has for us, living out the good works that he created us to do ahead of time, living in our new day, all the things we've been talking about, then we need to make that decision time and time again. We need to make a choice even after we've after we've entered the land, choose for your day Choose for for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You see, it's a daily challenge. Thank you, Luciano. It's a daily challenge. It's a daily decision. It's a daily challenge. It's a daily decision that we make. Choose this day whom you will serve. Will we serve the, the true God of heaven and earth? Will we serve Jesus, our Savior, the one who has brought us into this new day, the one who has changed our lives? Or will we at some point begin to serve the gods that are offered to us by this world, the counterfeit gods that are all around us, the gods that have, have, have a way of just maybe slowly creeping into our lives? The gods of materialism, of prosperity, of fame, of self-interest, of personal security, of comfort and convenience, of pleasure, of hedonism, the God of self. And the list can go on and on and on. And listen, I've seen it happen to too many people in my years of ministry. You've probably seen it as well. People who were once at these altars praying with you. People who sat in a pew next to you and worshiped. People who, who said they were going to live for God. And they were. They were living for God. But what happened? They allowed the gods of this world. They allowed other gods to creep into their lives. Before you knew, knew it, they were like sucked away. I know we can even get into all kinds of theological debates about salvation and predestination and all that. All I know is this. We are called to make a decision. To make a decision, and there are big junctures in our lives when we have to make that decision. Listen, when you come to that altar and you stand there getting married, you say together, "We will serve the Lord." When you enter that new job, when you enter that new school, you say, "As I'm as as, as I'm in this job, as I'm in this school, as I'm as as as, as I'm as, as I'm starting this new new portion of my life, I'm going to do it serving the Lord." And listen, our decision, the decision we make affects our lives today, tomorrow, and through all of eternity. But not only our lives, but the lives of those around us. Listen, especially our families. Notice Joshua says that we, that, that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Moms and dads. Moms and dads, you have the opportunity to make a great impact on your family, on your children. Parents, you need to lead your children to saying, listen, we as a family, we will serve the Lord. Yes, listen, I understand. Eventually, everyone needs to come to their own point of faith. I understand that. But we are never called to raise our kids in a vacuum. You know what I mean? The world out there says to, says to our kids, oh, he's six years old. You can choose whatever you want. You want to go to church with mommy and daddy? Oh, you decide. 12 years old? Oh, you decide. You want to change your name? You can change your name. You want to change religions? You change religions. No, 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 no. We as parents are given the responsibility to choose for our children certain things. Amen? Right? We choose for them certain things. They don't just choose, like, who they want to be or what they want to be. That's why, you know, there were some, some Christian, you know, some, some Christian churches When they baptize their baby, they don't really see it as the baby's salvation, but they see it as as that child coming into covenant relationship with the church and becoming part of the people of God. Why the parents are making a decision that as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And I want to challenge us this morning that we would make that decision for ourselves, for our households. I want to remind us that if we're to continue to experience the blessings of living in this new day, Experience all that Jesus has to offer us. We must continually choose to serve him and him alone at the big junctures of life, in life, in the small things of life. When we rise in the morning, when we lay our heads down at night, when we are coming and when we're going, we are constantly making a decision that I will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. It's the ultimate new day decision. I just ask us this morning, can we say with Joshua, but it's for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Come on, is there anyone there this morning that would say, as for me and my household, so we will serve the Lord. You're going to make that decision today. You're going to make that decision tomorrow morning when you wake up. You're going to make it over and over again because we're not going to allow the gods of this world to creep into our lives. Maybe we have to go home today and smash some idols, do something radical, and we're not going to allow them to make their way back in. Amen? Amen. Come on, would you stand with me? Worship team, will you come and join me here this morning? We're going to sing that song that we sang earlier. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. All that's within me. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live for you because you alone are God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands for a moment before we sing. Just say, God, I choose this day to serve you. I choose this day to serve you. I choose this day to serve you and to serve you alone. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, we look to you this morning. Maybe you're here in this place. Maybe you're online with us and you've never made a decision to serve God, to allow God to come into your life through faith in his son, Jesus. I challenge you this morning. I challenge you this morning to choose Jesus, to put your faith in him, to begin to live for him, to begin to allow him to be the God and Savior and Lord of your life. As you do, he will come into your life by his Holy Spirit. He will come. He will make all things new. He will lead you into that new day. He will lead you into abundant life. You'll know the grace and the forgiveness of God. You'll, not, you'll, you'll no longer have to live your life walking in the cir- in circles in the desert of this world. But you'll find yourself living in his perfect will. Oh, God, we give you our lives this day. We live for you this morning. We live for you this morning. This is my desire, desire to honor. Our hands, we lift our voices, we sing it Lord, I give you my heart.
1: Lord, I give you the decision we make today,
0: and I I give give you my soul. soul. This is my desire. This is my, my desire. desire. Yes, it is, Lord. Yes, it is, Lord. To honor, honor you. you. Lord, with, with all my heart, I worship, worship you. Yes, with yielded hearts, with yielded hearts, we worship you.